Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. Does that sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. My friends, beautiful people, we are here yet again. It is another night. It is an enchanting evening in Portland, Maine. I'm here to set the scene because we got a great guest tonight. They just dropped a brand new project. I mean, one that I listened to today upon its commencement into the world. And I got to say, um, the new album, Lies, Spies, and Private Eyes, Music to Investigate to, is uh, pretty fucking amazing. I'm not going to lie, man. It's an enchanting theatrical experience, an audible journey of supreme narrative upon first listen for me. In uh, our guest words, they said, uh, a cinematic music experience for a story of international intrigue, exotic romance, suspense, suspicion, and a word I had to Google, subterfuge, Grand Vizier, Jimmy Ozog. How the fuck we doing? Welcome to Benny's crew. Yo, Benny. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Again, I, I can't thank you enough. Like, thank you, brother. Let's um boost that mic up a bunch. Yeah. Let's get you to like 80, 90%. Like, All right. How's like, this? How's this? Looking? Good, good. I'm going to have you probably lean in too when you talk. Yeah, Just because I want the motherfuckers to know. Yeah. Um, man, it's just great to be here. Um, And for anyone listening, we haven't probably done an episode in maybe, maybe a month now. Month and a half. I'm trying to ballpark it, but we were doing um, an album drop. So I just want to say, anyone supporting, respect the producer, Volume One out now. Uh, thank you very much. Um, it's gonna be back though, Season Two, Episode Four, Benny Script. We 100 plus strong, and uh, we got a great story to get into. So we're gonna ask the first question that we ask everybody, uh, Grand Vizier. I'm gonna call you Jimmy. Don't keep it short, or maybe Mr. Ozog too. Whatever you like, Jimmy. I'm actually, I'm gonna I'm I'm legit have you turn that up like a bunch. Let me see what that's at. It's at like, it's at like close to Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, right. I, honestly, I might have is you it hold it. one of those things with the encoder is like kind of fucked? Got you. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, I just want to make sure I can get your voice up. So honestly, I might hello, even have you like hello. hold it, Jimmy, if, if you're talking. Like get it like get it like that close. You want it like this? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even this turn works up, for me. Turn it up a little bit more too. I want you to speak at the level you're comfortable at, but I want to make sure I can get the voice. Okay. Whatever. Just, uh, I don't know. Keep talking to that. Just keep, perfect. Just keeping it like yeah, this. Yeah, okay. you can bring it a little closer. I'll keep closer. it this for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that we got all the technical beauties figured out here, back to the first question we ask everybody. Grand Vizier, Jimmy Ozog, what's your first memory of hip-hop? My first memory of hip-hop, if I had to really di so dig as far back as I can remember yeah, with it. Yeah, like... It's almost like two people, or I shouldn't say two people, there's like two types of answers that people give. Usually like the first, like, that's the thing I remember about hip-hop. Like usually like they're very young or even like in a really impactful moment where hip-hop kind of like made an impression on you. You can do either one of those. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think... I, I started like really appreciating just music itself when I was in maybe fourth or fifth grade and I think that that was just the time you know this was like 2001 2002 and Eminem was huge Dr. Dre was still huge um 
you know, Dipset. Like, that stuff was all over When were you born again? What year? I was born in 92. Gotcha. So you were, like, all the 90s and early millennium hip-hop pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Gotcha. So that stuff was all over the place. And, um, and I, like, my parents were, like, super old-fashioned and, like, were really, like, cautious about what they would even let me listen to. Same. So, um, like, that hip-hop was definitely... I didn't know of it as hip hop. I knew of it as like rap music, and that like rap music was wasn't really good. It was bad because yeah, it was kind of villainized. In my yeah, house. it was definitely villainized. It's like spoken of as being misogynistic and hateful, or like really violent, and that it doesn't have substance. And um, I think, I think uh, I was starting to hear songs on the radio, hanging out with friends, and you know, on the on the bus on the way to school and stuff like that. Um, I think the first music that I knew of as like rap and hip hop was when 50 cents into club and get rich or die trying. Yeah. That like, Oh, three, Oh, four, Oh five, 50. I think that was people bring that up to be honest. Yeah. Dude, that album was like a big fucking deal. That Um, was, I think arguably the biggest, I mean, you could even argue that's like the biggest hip hop debut of all time. Everything's subjective on the, in this art shit. Um, especially when it comes to like opinions about music, but at least for I think our like you know youth, was there a bigger debut than that? Maybe College Dropout by Kanye West. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But it's I mean, hard to say. Even I guess College Dropout came out when I was in middle school, and I don't really mm. remember people being as hyped for that the same way that like they were hyped for Fifty Cent. That's true. Like Fifty Cent was more of a. Um, he was like a rap star, you know, before yeah. like Celebrity. Kanye took a few years to build up to become a star, but like a 50 point. was a star from the get go. I think know? in like the mystique of like G unit, he's dude. being shot nine times, yeah. all that. I mean, 50 cent literally had kids in my white ass old Orchard beach middle school wearing, uh, man, what the fuck were they called? Textbook, uh, book covers, you know, as like fake do rags. Oh like, yeah, saying they were in G Unit. I'm like, Dude, oh, you know, what the G- fuck's going on? G Unit. Like, yeah, that's what everybody wanted to be like. It's so wild. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. Let's keep it in the youth, Jimmy. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Are you are you a Mainer? I don't know if I count as a Mainer because I was born in Virginia. Okay, but when did you when did you move? My to family Maine? moved to Maine when I was like less than a year old. Can so you I, remember anything besides Maine? No, I call I you a Mainer. Then it'd be straight, bro. Okay, born in word. Virginia, but you were raised a Mainer. It's true. What did you go? Uh, what did you grow up in the two hundred seven? I grew up in Bangor. Banga. Bangor, Maine. Um, I'll get into. I know. I know some other cats in this uh, who have been on this cast who are also producers from Bangor. Imagine you know who I'm talking about. But before we put the subject on somebody else, I want to keep it on your story. Okay. What were your hobbies kind of growing up as a maybe you know kid into adolescence into teen years when you start having more free time? Yeah. So. Um I I loved video games when I was a kid. I loved computers when I was a kid from like a really young age. Um, my mom found a picture of me recently when I was like three on like the IBM, you know, doing well, playing the, a game. The, the or old some school shit. block computers. Yeah, you know, big big monitor, um, big tower. Big tower. Yeah. Keyboard that like makes a clack. Or yeah. Click yeah. every time. Oh yeah, a man. beautiful a beautiful time to be a fan of computers. The early nineties, the mid nineties. I remember some of my earliest memories are like playing video games, and my dad was really into video games. What, what was like your big system as a kid? Did you have one? PC. PC. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like I couldn't get my parents to buy me a console ever, but we did <laughs> have a PC. That's pretty ill. So did your parents just have a computer at the crib already, and you're like, all right, let me get a pop in with this? With yeah. This fucking we video we game always shit. had a computer. 
shooter because my dad was super into video games and he would like play games and me and my two sisters would watch him play that's pretty ill yeah so you passed that uh trade on to you so to speak it did and the, the other thing i realized in recent years with video games is how much like the music and video games of that era and up until you know up until now really influenced my perspective in music or my interest in music too mm. so mm. like music video games those things overlap for me that's really interesting because I'll touch more upon this later, but just for conversation's sake, I get a heavy score f uh, feel off the new project. Like, it's I'm a, not familiar with scorf. Um, not scorf, like score. Like it feels like it's a oh. like a like a, like a, I feel like you could be out here scoring video games or movies, meaning like oh, making shit, like man. the original yeah. music okay. for it. Like, and that's what like a score means in that sense. I feel you. Um, okay. <laughs> not like it's like a sorry i heard you wrong like it was somebody's <laughs> name or like it sounded like it sounded like a video game like gorf or something so is, it's is like gorf a game gorf it's an old ass arcade game Got you. Oh, yeah. i'm liking this knowledge man i feel like i could pick your brain for some cool shit oh yeah but I mean, regardless of what i'm saying is like on this new project like there's very long drawn out powerful songs um that you know could be in a you know, deep video game you know climax like type level you know what i'm saying Thank so you. that's really cool to uh hear that part of your your youth kind of full circle in a sense for sure but going back to those days in bangor um did you have any other hobbies were you mostly kind of like an in indoor kid or did you ever like go outside and do shit i i really liked being outside i was more of an indoor kid because mm. i grew up like with really bad asthma and like it was hard for me to play sports and i think i was just drawn towards like again like not just video games but reading music but more like listening to music through headphones and stuff and like being by myself doing that stuff um i was mm. just like an introverted kid when i was younger so um stuff like that mostly but like when i was outside i like to walk go for really long walks by myself and a lot of times listen to music that's pretty bad. Like, what age are you doing this oh you know anytime from like 10 to 12 13 so you were very like you know? uh Oh, what's the word I'm looking here for? Like almost like you a very strong individual in a sense. Like you just out doing your own shit, like minding your business, doing what you like from the jump, it sounds like. Were you 10 walking around, taking long walks? Yeah, that's, that's pretty, I was always like that, That's man. pretty cool, man. Uh, I mean, I'm a middle child with two sisters. Like, they tend to, like, stick together, and you're just kind of on Got your own, you. you know? Yeah. yeah. It's cool to look back at that and see, like, how those parts of our childhood can almost, you know create who we are today but we're not going to focus too much on that we have to keep the story moving aforementioned producers bruv and bizza uh are the cats i was talking about from bangor did you ever link up with them when you were in bangor i imagine it's not the biggest uh, city. yeah yeah of course um i've known both both of those dudes both bruv and bizza for a very long time um bruv i met probably when I was a senior in high school and he was a junior, he's a year gotcha. below me, but yep. we're pretty much the same age. Mm. And um, we started hanging out a little after he had graduated and he was living in this apartment actually down the street from my parents' house. No and shit. We had met up a bunch of times at different places and had always been like, oh, we got to chill. And then he was like, dude, you got to like show me what you do with music and with like making beats. So I brought my MPC down to his apartment and like, we fucked around and what year is this 2012 2012 so like 10 years ago it was so this like is just may, may like 2012 the first instrumental tape right uh, 
no, no, for for what for me yeah or for no that that tape uh i well yeah i probably dropped that online in 2012 but they were all beats from 2011 but gotcha. yeah that might have been around that time yeah because yeah. i feel like been. i feel like i saw the first instrumental what was it called here um uh, like instrumental it's tapes time. yeah no the the instrumental beats 11 instrumental yeah. beats 11 that came out in 2011 obviously <laughs> but uh, i it, i might not have put the compilation up till 2012 for all i God, know yeah it was yeah. a while ago who knows you know but regardless of the fact um you kind of started answering a question i wanted to get into um you're talking about you know meeting up with other cats who are your age in your city getting into music and i wanted to ask about like the prevalence of music in your upbringing you even mentioned your father in video games but I'm more curious, was music around at all? Like in your house, was there any people playing instruments? I know live instrumentation is a huge part of what you do now in a sense. So I want to make sure um, we go back to maybe like the early beginnings of any of that. Definitely. I um, grew up in a musical family coming from my dad's side. My mom loves music, but she'd be like the first to admit that she like is like kind of tone deaf and like it's like she plays a little good guitar but struggled but my dad had a natural talent for music he um he played um you know uh, drums bass guitar uh he took up viola in like the last 15 years um he passed away earlier this year condolences to you yeah thanks man and he he really he loved music. He really encouraged it. And my sisters and I, my older sister started taking piano lessons. And then I remember, um, I was like messing around on the piano and he's like, you should take piano lessons too. So I did that for a while. Do you remember what age you got into that? I would have been, would have been when I was like seven. Early. Yeah. You get into like the live instrumentation and just music creation at an early age. Definitely. Cause I would, just the vibe of your music, when I was listening to it, because um, I obviously heard um, "Are You Afraid of the Arts?" That's the second, or that's that's your first Grand Vizier project, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I've I've heard that obviously, but this one was like I think, I feel like for your for your first album as Grand Vizier, I listened to it all, but not in perfect sequence or like you know in full sequence. I played this tape like you know like all the way through today, and like oh, okay. went back and like played you know certain pieces again, and I was just like. I'm getting a sense that, A, this person is musically, like, trained from a young age due to the structure and the depth of how many instruments and different, like, keys are involved. And then, B, it seems like this person has been listening to music at an early age or at least, like, watching movies that have detailed scores in music at an early age. And it seems like in our talks, those are two truths that are pretty evident from from the jump in your life. Yeah, that's really insightful of you, man. Because, I mean, yeah, I feel music is, like, my whole life. Or it's my passion. It's not my career. It's it's still a hobby to it me. It pretty much gives, I mean, but it's if my I can speak, like it gives your life purpose in a sense. It does. That's how I feel. It does. And it's been there throughout my whole life, you know. Tremendous. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of then get into this creation side of things. Uh, Jimmy Ozog, you know, has a musical family. You're online. I'm sure you're accessing music. We're growing up in the early 2000s. Music's fucking everywhere. Beats are everywhere. Hip-hop's everywhere. But when did the switch from maybe, you know, piano and instruments pivot to wanting to put out like a beat tape in like 2000 or at least in 2011 you made those oh yeah i want to kind of get into that element of uh you as a musician if we can well like when you asked me earlier about like what your early memories of hip-hop my follow-up to that about like early moments of being like oh like this is rap music and this is crazy was it wasn't until like i was in high school that people showed me like classic hip-hop like hip-hop that came out before you know eminem or 50 cent and that music 
connected with me immediately so deeply that I was like, I need, I know I can make beats because it's like, it's meant for me or something. It just know? hit you right away it and you knew. Like I that. mean, we all have kind of those, I mean, not, I shouldn't say we all, but when you have a moment like that, you know what the fuck's going on. Like, Absolutely. I remember the first time I like, again, I say this is probably the fifth time I told this on this podcast. I'm watching uh, Jesus Walks by Kanye West and I'm like, just kind of in my living room and then I'm like, I'm like, whoosh, I can't, like, I just can't not watch what's on the screen i'm like what the fuck is this like i cannot stop like i feel like i'm like in a vortex right now i feel like i'm I'm trapped in a good way yeah and ever since then i feel like i've had that energy about hip-hop it just captivates the fuck out of me it was just like entranced by it completely um, it was like late in my sophomore year like i had started like high, in being introduced to yeah in high school i was being introduced to some stuff and then Around my 16th birthday, I bought, like, Illmatic and Ready to Die. It's game over at that point. Yeah, I started getting that stuff. And um, for me, it was, like, hearing... I think it was hearing um, The World is Yours on Illmatic that made me... I was like, I'm going to make beats. I know I'm going to so make beats. Pete so that Pete Rock that beat was had Pete you Rock. going, like, ooh. I mean, yeah. that's one of Pete Rock's best beats. Come on. It's a crazy That's beat. literally, like, you know, I can even... If I do it quick enough, I probably won't get in trouble. <laughs> I literally don't have... I don't have many things on my phone that are, like, um, made for, like, ringtones and shit, like songs. But literally, this is one of them. So, like, you know, if I'm, like, doing shit and, like, the laundry's done in an hour, I'll hear that. And it just <laughs> That's keeps, so good. It keeps me going. Yeah. Man, like, that no, that is the kind of thing that moves me. I could hear that song any day and it would feel... 100%. Like I was going harder, 100%. you know? Yeah, like... There's certain songs that are like a gratitude reset, and they can just contextualize like my life, and you know, and just I'm like, oh, okay, I'm glad I put this song on. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like at this time period in your life when you're in high school, specifically, um, those types of albums, you know, like the Ready to Die, the uh, Thirty Six Chambers, oh yeah, shit like that, like that's really starting to hit you. Absolutely. So, um, how did that then pivot into production? Like, was the um, instrumental Beats Eleven the first tape you ever put out? It was, and um, I don't know if you. So, do you know uh, Cal Carter, Cal Carter Winchester? I do, actually. Yes. Not in person, but I def... Or maybe I've met them in person once. I don't remember. Sorry if, if I did, yo. Um, but I believe we definitely follow each other and have, like, interacted online a couple times. So, uh, it's all good. I'm just name-dropping him because um, Cal was a friend of mine in high school who's also quite a, a hip-hop aficionado mm. and did turn me on to some pretty great albums, too, around that time. Hell yeah. Um, Cal, I he was really into rapping in that time period and so um, i don't know that yeah do they still rap now i don't know man i don't know what they um, go by at the time he just let's see he just went by cal carter i thought cal carter yeah s dot carter it's pretty <laughs> c dot carter pretty classic yeah man um i'm gonna look into i have that. to go back and dig because i feel like there's still some tracks lying around some ones that weren't you know, on that instrumental tape, but those instrumentals on that 2011 beat tape, those were all ones I made for Cal, pretty much. Those were, like, in the first dozen beats no I shit. made. Yeah, and Cal wanted to rap, so I was like, I'll just, like, give you anything I make that's pretty good. So, like, I gave him those beats. Tremendous. Cal and I performed a show at this club in Orono in when was this? This was April 2011. So you're still in high school? No. I was a year out of high school at this God, point. Oh yeah, I graduated so you're, you're in, in 2010, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, year out of high school, and I had my MPC 4000 at that point, and it kind of wrapped my head around it a little bit. And Cal played this show. He was rapping, and it was uh, Inspector Deck played that night. 
Um, and you were playing too? Yeah. Like, well, I was. You, I played you, with you Cal. Opened up. opened up. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Funny. I remember I didn't stay that night. I just like after playing, I was like kind of wiped and stressed, so I just dipped out and went and like got high with some other friend or something. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even stick around for Inspecta, but hey, I'm sure I mean, he was dope. I've. We all have moments like that in life, where, like. You know, you just got to too dip. much pressure at that. I was like 18 and like, mm. I was like, I don't, I, I don't r- really feel like I'm a performer in that sense. Like gotcha. I'm more of a studio cat. <laughs> like I spend all of my Steely time. Steely Dan type shit. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Steely Dan, like never, for, I think for like years they never performed. They just would always do like deep studio albums, like really good studio. They were definitely just, yeah, they were deep in the studio. Studio like, vibes. Obsessive. Yeah. I love that shit though. One day, Jimmy Ozog, we're going to be just doing this music shit. Maybe not even full-time, but, like, part-time. And we're going to go somewhere, like, fucking tropical island. Like, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy shit. And get the homies and just, like, chill for a month and, like, the stew and make records and shit. I'm putting that out there in the world because that's, like, one of my dreams just to, like... I would really like something Imagine just, like, like waking up with the homies, going for... Like, some people go for walks, some people play basketball, some people lift. You come back, have a group breakfast... All right, these cats want to go produce. These cats want to go rap. These cats want to go maybe get some art direction or just, you know, walk around, catch some vibes, get an inspiration. And then you all meet up. You go in, like, the major stew. You all record. You share, like, like I got this bass line. I got this drum break. I got this sample. Like, I want to be in that type shit so bad. And I realized that if you really want shit like that in life, you can't force that shit. Because, like, if you do, you might just be in a room with a bunch of cats you don't feel the vibe with. I'd much rather feel the vibe of, like, doing this with two people than force shit. With a whole group of people, but I'm just manifesting that too. Because <laughs> you should manifest that because be fun I think bringing people together like that is special. For sure, I, mean, I think I've taken that for granted most of my life. But when you when you see it happen, it's really good. Yeah, I feel like the not to get off topic, but you know, 2020 really put that in perspective for a lot of us. How mm. the camaraderie and community that we get to experience, even in a small place like Portland, is something that you can't really put a emotional or like even like you know actual physical price tag on and when that disappears and then it kind of starts to come back slowly again as it has now you're like fuck i gotta remember to appreciate this shit yeah and just figuring out how to interact with people and like be normal again again, yeah (laughs) still fucking getting back i feel like everyone i mean not i'll say like everyone is definitely way more anxious confused and like hard on themselves i feel like after like after the covid shit than before it and just my opinion that's just what i've felt in myself and talk to my constituents and just seen in people. So I guess to anyone out there, remember, hey, man, we uh, we survived all that shit in 2020. We're still here, and we might not even survive tonight, so we got to enjoy the moment while we got it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's keep it going, though, on the Jimmy Ozog story and the Grand Vizier story. I'm getting excited because we're getting into some really, I think, dense artistry from the production realm um, soon. But we're not there yet. I want to start bridging some gaps a little bit. Um, instrumental beats 11 comes out at that time period um did you have any influences as a producer you mentioned like pete rock was there was there anybody that was like really just like you hear and you're like oh fuck like i need to match this to me uh at that period and still in a lot of ways when it comes to like classic hip-hop like dj premier was king like you just could not nobody else ever came close one of the goats man yeah one of the one of the pillars like Every, remember how I said everything's like subjective and everything's like an opinion? If Primo ain't in your top 10, I don't fucking trust you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just, I don't know anybody who doesn't think Primo's incredible, yeah. who listens to that kind of music. Like, you even, know? If, even if you're like, yeah, I don't like Boom Bap, like, you know Primo's a goat at yeah. what he does. 
Um, he still puts out great shit. I was actually on, <laughs> not to plug um, the radio show I do, but on Ryan B Radio last night, actually. We're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. So on Monday night, I did a, a Benny the Butcher and like Black Soprano family and premiere collab. And then Sonny Jim, who's from the UK. The Purist, who's a producer from Europe as well. And then a premiere collab too. Like premiere just works with everybody still in 2022. He's still out there, man. Heavy. I got to be honest. I haven't heard most of his stuff since like 10 years ago. Oh. I just haven't kept up with it. Do you have him like any type of streaming platform? What do you mean? Like, what do you, what do you, listen oh, what to do music? I listen to yeah. music on? Like, you've like Spotify. Spotify Sweet. I'm going to personally make you like a 20 track, like recently past decade ish produced by premiere playlist and send it to I you. would like that that's my type of shit man yo anyone out there straight up like in the, in the land of uh rhyme beat in the land of uh Benny Scribb, just anyone out there watching if you're like I like this artist but don't know shit about them and don't want to do the work hit me up I'll literally send you like a playlist like let's say like for instance there's an artist I like a lot named Akai Solo he just dropped an incredible EP called Bo- uh, Body Feeling Let's say you listen to that and you're like, I like this, but I don't want to dig into his discography. Hit me up. I'll make you a personal Akai solo playlist, for instance. This type of shit we, I like to do and we got to do out here is share the beauty of art while we still have air to breathe. Let's keep it back to the artistry of Grand Vizier, Jimmy Ozog. When I'm listening to the instrumental Beats 11 and doing my research, it sounded like you're incorporating live instrumentation, sampling, and even synths at this time. That's fucking 10 years ago, Brody, when you made that. Yeah. Um... I guess, like, what was your mindset like at this time? Because even on that project, it seems like you took it seriously and you did have, like, this understanding of, like, music from a practical element, but then even, like, you understood the hip-hop sound from an early, uh, like, time creating it, I guess, if that makes sense. So I guess, like, how would you just, like, describe, like, your mindset, like, looking back at this project? It's funny that you even, like, checked it out and listened to it and... and For some reason, in the last few months, I kept thinking about just deleting it because I felt like those beats were so amateurish and like they didn't really reflect uh, what, you know, my ongoing progress Mm. or or what I felt was mastery in Mm -hmm. certain things. But those beats were like the best that I was doing, like in the first, you know, six months I had the MPC or whatever. And um, I, I before even before I got the MPC, like my again by my junior and senior year of high school i was thinking about hip-hop 24 7 listening to it all the time like buying you know going through the sources 100 best albums their list from 98 by the way that's pretty wild yeah who was what was number one did they have it ranked or was it just like i don't it's just a hundred of the greatest i kind of fuck with that the more days i go by as like a writer or journalist like the less i like to have like a straight like one through ten yeah it's so hard everything changes bro. it's too hard it's so subjective but you can just say like this is you know this this is good shit this is classic yeah exactly and there's a lot of albums from that that you know so i i love my favorite era of hip-hop in general would have to be from like like 87 to 97 give or take but you know plus or minus years i like a lot of different shit like that but um yeah, I just I, I knew by that point that I wanted to make beats, so I started thinking about what I wanted to do when I would make beats. So I started already intuitively listening for samples when I was just listening to music in general. And I would hear something and I'd be like, that sounds cool. I bet I could sample that. I didn't have an MPC or anything yet. I kind of tried to make some loops and like 
yeah, like the free version of GarageBand that I had at the time. And it was really hard. and I was getting frustrated. Um, after I graduated high school, though, uh, my parents helped me buy the MPC as like a graduation present. The Akai 4000? Yeah. yeah. And that has been like my mainstay machine. I now use a different machine unit it's still the 4000 but a different one because my first one is having problems but same basic machine been making beats with that as the kind of the core of my setup for a decade 10 years yeah holy shit so yeah i'd gone into that just wanting to i i just kind of had these different ideas with random songs and i i wanted to i had these different archetypes of beats i wanted to make like i want to make a beat that sounds like a primo beat or i want to make a beat that has a latin flavor like this i think i think i don't know there's so many random influences at that time i remember listening to like at that period um like jedi mind tricks yeah and vinny pass and shit yeah, yeah yeah um yeah and trying to use live instrumentation too as a as a complement to the sample mm. um and that's taken a long time for me to wrap my head around. Oh, that's all right. I heard like I, there's a horn outside. Yeah, right yeah. Now, and I thought it was like literally like organs. So I'm like, it is sounds it, like it. Like, is there like organs on my phone right now? And I'm like, who the fuck in the building is playing an organ? And then I hear it's like you know just typical wharf shit. That's Portland for you folks. You're hearing a goddamn wharf siren right now, a wharf horn. That'd be a great name for a band, Warform. I like it when I can hear the train horns near my apartment that are like playing a sad chord, like in the distant yeah. background. It's like mournful. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, I guess that was a good. Re- I guess. I guess <laughs> the, 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 the boat was like, uh, all right, time to uh, wrap this tangent up. But uh, regardless, at this point, again, my, my point really in questioning you about that time is it seemed like upon listening to that you've always put like time into what you're creating it's not you're just like let me f- pick a quick sample flip it like get like a primo drum pack and rip it and like say like i made a dope beat like it's evident you know even on your first ep that had like less than five six beats on it it wasn't even that much you've taken time into the craft and i think the theme of time and i think the theme of uh the craft are important now because i want to shift it's a big shift. We're almost going 10 years into the future from instrumental beats. But I want to try and bridge the gap between that first tape and Are You Afraid of the Arts? Sure. Um, I imagine a lot <laughs> happened in your life between those two oh, projects. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they're, what, nine years apart? Yeah, D- I mean, yeah, that's that as far as release dates go. Yeah. And, yeah, so for what it's worth, Are You Afraid of the Arts? I would say, like, the recording really even 2017. started in 2017. Yeah, yeah so my, you know that. One of, my other, one of my other questions was, was did I miss anything in my research? Was there anything, like, you dropped? Because um, I imagine, like, you seem like someone, you, you study, you might maybe have, you know, creative, you know, lulls, and then you get back inspired again, but I don't see you, like, ever stop and hitting that eight, or eight, uh, NPC. I don't see you ever like not like you know at least listening for samples. No, never stopped doing that. Um, and I think the only thing that I ever may- might have publicly released that you would have missed would have been a few random tracks on SoundCloud circa like 2015, 2016. So kind of right before like the initial recording processes, or at least like conceptualizations of Are You Afraid yes, of the Arts? definitely. What the fuck's on that album cover, by the way? Is it Clam Juice? Those what? are, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Those are horseshoe crabs. Horseshoe crabs. So it's yeah. crab juice. It is. They're crab. It's crab blood. Um, Why are they taking the blood out the crab? Horseshoe crabs. Their blood is harvested because it has important um, properties. As uh, it, it can be used to isolate. I think it's gram positive bacteria, and they found it's really good at. Um, b- being used in identifying certain pathogens and stuff like that. Holy I'm, shit. I'm not doing it justice right now because it's such an important like wow. animal and the fact that they discovered how to Harsh do this with the blood crap. is insane how to me. How the fuck did they figure that out? What guys just break? What what psycho is just playing with horseshoe crab blood and figuring out it's a pathogen find? That's the thing. It's like seems so like inhumane and brutal and it's like what? I don't know. Well, it's, it could it's, it's, be I only picked thing. that image because it was so jarring to me and because it seemed, I don't know, to fit with the vibe hey, I was we're feeling talking at the about time. It. You know, it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you study anything in school that was like in the field of science? Um, I switched majors a lot and uh, yeah, I definitely took like science, biology, chemistry yeah, classes. Yeah, I was getting a heavy bio lab when you were rigging that down. I'm like, I feel like this motherfucker sat in a couple bio labs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I don't feel like I excelled in them, but same. Um, I was always like, I, I, I'm the type of per- like, I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm a, you know, uh, communications type person. I guess that's that's where my specialty lies, but I like to keep, you know, the palette open keep the arsenal kind of refined and like i fuck around with math i like certain math i fuck around with certain like you know civics and shit like that i think it's important to know like you know how politics work but uh in terms of science like i've always loved science from like a macro conceptual standpoint but when you start breaking down like for biology for example once you start using the words like endoplasmic reticulum for sure or like mitochondria i'm like bro man you're starting to really like i'm starting to really try but like these eukaryotes prokaryotes be fucking my head up i can't tell the difference man you know what i'm saying it's so though i do think the language of science is really um makes it seem inaccessible to I think a lot it's of people like, not coded um, but there's a lot of like like elitism in academia which doesn't there have to is be there. it's just with like and everything with science is se- seems so um all, everything is derived from latin everything is derived from greek the only reason I've started enjoying that aspect more is because I, like, have a background in, in Spanish, too, which I don't really speak That's anymore. Cool. But, like, um, that made me appreciate, like, if I can learn more about Latin roots, I can understand science words better. Yeah, that's actually, so. you kind of blow my mind because I definitely wouldn't consider myself a linguist by any means. But, I mean, you can tell right now, like, I can know how to, I can talk with the best of them, to be straight. That's probably one of my... You know language, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely am a huge uh, practitioner in language and in the understanding that language is like magic language is code there's no predetermined language that is here for humans or any organism in this universe we have somehow accepted letters for you know centuries of you know fuckery of influences like from latin like you know whatever romantic languages i'm talking on my astronaut now to keep the motherfucking no, uh, I know. stream of consciousness Do you ever flowing. like to look at the wikipedia pages about letters <laughs> That's a, no, that sounds mad interesting. No, I mean that's the kind of shit I like to. Read I, I like that shit though. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you just like it's important. Letter A and like read about the history of the letter A. It's that's very fucking, interesting. That's that's sick though because how many times do you use the letter A in a day? I just use the, the letter A 17 times probably in this little soliloquy. How many times? How many times? How many times? Tally at home and tell us. How many times do you use the letter A in a day? If you can somehow finesse that and get a number on it, I might send you a Ryan B t-shirt. But I need proof. I need 24-7 live stream. Regardless, I say all this because language is mind-blowing to me. And I think the fact that we can um, 
even communicate blows my mind. And then I really think about how we can even communicate without language and how nonverbal communication really is what can unify, I think, us as a species. And I say this to transition to the fact that um, you studying the Latin roots really tickles my brain because I think when you understand language, you can understand how we talk to each other and maybe how we talk to ourselves. And then if you can break down the roots of our language, then that really gives you an even broader understanding. And I think understanding is a good thing, man. The more you more than the more you know, the more you can kind of do. The more you know. And the more you know, the more you know that. What is it that fucking phrase? The more you know, Twigs, you probably know this. What is it? The the more you know, then the more you know. Oh fuck! I'm I'm butchering it. This sounds awful right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's like once you know all there is, once you know you'll never know all there is to know, then you know all there is to know or something well, like that. Wait, wasn't there, there was some stupid like <laughs> statement attributed to, shit. um, it was like Socrates. It was like, all I know is that I know nothing. That, let's go with that one. Jimmy Yozog, that's the way better. That's pretty much what I'm saying. I um, read that on Wikipedia. You want to hear some Wikipedia shit? Okay. There's this really dope producer. I think it was Fuzzy who was tweeting it. Shout out Fuzzy. They got a beat on the new album. Um, one of my favorites, actually. But I say this because Fuzzy uh, fucking brought up, like, this Wikipedia article. And I saw it, and I'm like, I have to read this. Like, it was in the morning. I didn't have enough time. But I'm like, I'm going to read this later and get freaked the fuck out in a great way. It's This is a legit Wikipedia uh, article called Timeline of the Far Future. You can literally look up a Wikipedia article that breaks down, like, I think in, like, the most, you know, sourced, scientific-esque type way of like how shit's just gonna go like at an atomic level at a uh, like interstellar level uh and i just saw that this picture like, of like the moon or the, like the, four billion five billion yeah, like, years this out is the something? earth on fire <laughs> i mean i was like i'm definitely reading this i'm oh, definitely nice. getting high and freaking myself out. this is what the world on fire <laughs> might look like <laughs> shit we're getting way off topic i was literally trying to bridge the gap between oh, no, I'm, I'm saying, this is fun though this is fun shout I out language that. i don't know how we got here but i feel like it was yeah. language it was all um, language but we're here to bridge the motherfucking gap because are you afraid of the arts came out in 2020 the debut instrumental album by Grand Vizier, establishing a new sound, a new chapter, a new era of Jimmy Ozog as a musician, as a producer, as an artist. The tapes that have just dropped are sick. Go on um, Jimmy's Bandcamp, on the Grand Vizier Bandcamp, and buy those. I want to get us there, though. Before we talk about that album, I want to get us there. When did you move to Portland? I moved to Portland in May 2019. Perfect. So before this project came out but during the construction of it correct awesome um before we kind of get into portland then when did the idea for this album start did you have a name like did you have a uh, an idea of the how you wanted the music to sound like talk on are you afraid of the arts sure um i think I feel like maybe the early concepts of a couple of the beats came about in 2015 or 2016 um, when I started, when I kind of was getting the idea that some of the beats were viable in a way that I could put them on a tape release or something, um, actually part of it around that period, Bruv and Biza had started Creation Pattern and were kind of starting to get the idea of putting tapes out and they had contacted yeah, me and about And that's like for those it. at home, it's like kind of like a label that puts out tapes. 
based in Maine by Maine producers, pretty much all from Bangor. Yeah. And um, I don't know whether they're planning on continuing to be active at this time, but, you know, at that, at that point they were putting out some some great releases. It started with Zone tapes and, and then Bizzas followed right after. Um, so at that point they had contacted me. So I was kind of trying to brainstorm, like, what are some, like, you know, beats I've made that are really cool, stuff I've shown them that they really liked. Um, you know, I, I remember my, my palette was starting to expand more with the synths and with my interest in samplers getting deeper and deeper than ever. Like I am, I am obsessed with samplers and just like vintage hardware. I've never seen like the instruments you list. I'm like, oh yeah, like a Kai, like MPC 4000. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, I can tell these, this is probably like a sampler. This sounds like it's like a keyboard. And then I'm just like Googling everything i'm like oh this is another sample and another keyboard and another sample and another keyboard. I'm like holy fuck jimmy you like you, you going deep in it yeah yeah that's the other thing is i am like a gear addict or like just gradually acquired stuff over the years um probably from like just living with my parents for a long time and like not having other uh hobbies besides music helped yeah. so um yeah, and I think I've been really, like, I've curated my taste to the instruments that I chose to buy over the years of things. Mm. Like, I, I, I'm not the type to, like, hear something once and be like, oh, I need that. Like, it would take me months, and I would be like, this is the next keyboard I want. This is the next thing I want to build for my a lot sound. of time. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I can, just, I can just tell you put time. You Like, moral of the story is you ain't rushing for shit. No. No, I mean, I feel like it's taken me my whole life to get to this point, to this, like, level of competence or ability. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's yeah. also because I've been sinking more work in um, mm. than ever. Mm. And That's tremendous. Yeah, I do, I'd like to, yeah, I like to take my time. Yeah, so it sounds like you really start to formulate this identity as an artist, like, and preserve it. Um, and a couple of years before, almost, um, Are You Afraid of the Arts gets dropped. You start to maybe... Did you like? Were you producing like certain beats, or were you like just kind of collecting samples when you were in Bangor? Like, where did the bulk of this start to be put together? So, just for what was going on, like the context might have been with my personal life that, like, from the time I was like twenty, so like late twenty twelve, early twenty thirteen, until um, March of twenty twenty, I had like a pretty serious problem with alcohol on and off. Mm. like uh and like for periods of time where it was like pretty debilitating yeah but i still would work on music throughout that time and like wanted to continue doing that there was something i was like i know that i can keep doing music that i can like get through this or i can get through like my problems if i stick with music wow and that kind of thing that's awesome um so like when I, when I was really starting to work on Are You Afraid of the Arts, I was still, like, drinking really heavily. Like, a lot of that album was done, like, pretty heavy under the influence, for sure. Mm. And, like, um, I think, you know, it would have come out better had I been sober, probably. It probably took longer because of all that. But I just kept working at it over time. Um, and what I think what made it possible to get that finished and to release it in May of 2020 was getting sober a couple months before that. And... And just having the clarity to be like, I'm ready to just to 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 do the finished mixes and get this album. That's out. why I, I really appreciate you saying all that. Sure. I think I want to continue to kind of just piece some gaps then. So, um, let's pause on like 2020. 
let's talk about when you moved to Portland first then, because you have, you know, you're kind of going through it a little bit, it sounds like. I've been there too. Like, I think a lot about, you know, from like 2015 to like 20, early 2019, I'd say like 2015 through 18, like pretty traumatic years for my brain and just figuring out how to like handle like your mind and your vices and your genetic predispositions and all that shit that we all go through. Um, and things that I like to be vocal about on this podcast myself. And well, I appreciate you bringing it up because one thing is artists that I think I've learned about anything is we get in our own way more than anybody else, whether that's in our actions or our thoughts or whatever it is. And I think, you know, it's hard sometimes um, to talk about this shit, but I think it's easier to control it the more we talk about it and understand, like, these are all parts of collective consciousness we go through together. It's not something that just is like, you know, uh, a torture of, like, an individual. Like, we all go through pain. We all go through trauma. Some harder than others. Never here to undermine or, you know, overpower anybody's trauma. But I just love um, cultivating a space here, like, over 100 episodes in where we can be like, nah, like, I, like, I was fucked in the head from 2015 to 2018. I didn't really start to get healthy and do all this art shit until, like, I took myself seriously. I've well, noticed think, you seem to live a healthy lifestyle. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I really tried to, because like, I, I have a, just have predispositions to anxiety and depression. And I think in America, there's so many, um, like, just unhealthy themes in the hegemony. Oh, I can never pronounce this word. In the hegemony of the country. It's like, I feel like every day I see a fucking... Like a fast food restaurant get put up, and then two like spots down, an urgent care gets put up. Yeah, <laughs> like motherfuckers sure. just be like not exercising, not taking the health seriously, and then getting sick. And like, I, I mean, actually just wrote. Look a, at how many like in Maine alone, how many fucking breweries, how many weed stores. Yeah, like, you know. it's hard. Like, it's hard to have that balance. And like, I mean, I sell weed for a living, straight up. I mean, for, I'm be smoking sure. heavy. I'm not. But um, I just think like I had this idea where I was like, yo, like if you can't say. I'll put a pause on this to fund things in your life. They're going to probably fucking kill you or you're going to get burnt out, bro. And you got to figure out how to take care of that shit seriously. And I think once I did, like, a lot of life opened up for me and I got more, like, clear. And that's why, I, again, I just appreciate you bringing this up because I think, you know, you're putting out some amazing artistry right now that shines. And who knows if you would have been able to do that if you didn't go through maybe, like, the pain of facing, you know, your bad habits, and I think that's really important to talk about because we all talk about like dope album drops, dope events, but like talk like sometimes it's important to recognize like the fucked up shit we had to go through to get to where we are with our successes. And um, just left everyone out there going through it. I bet you can do it. And I, I say all this again because I want to then pivot to you get, getting here in Portland. What was it like when you first like moved here? Like what was it like trying to like, you know, establish yourself maybe like, you know, you don't seem someone to me who wants to do a beat set every night, but you want to be maybe in the scene a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, I talk think, on that early time, I guess. I think um, leading up to that, in in 2018, I played at Resample. Oh yeah, it was like July 2018, and um, I think that was when I first met like Turquoise Crown and some of those other dudes. Shout out Crown. Shout out Crown. He's a really, really friendly guy from the get-go with me and made me feel um, like a good feeling about Portland. I was like, if people like this guy are going to be... I feel be. the way about the uh, Crown, too. Whenever I see him, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Whenever I, see, whenever I hang out with Sam, I'm like, I feel like I'm like either like around good food or just like I'm like in a near near or in a garden or something like it's just always <laughs> it's got a very always, calming vibe. always very calming vibe yeah you know, when you link with crown shout out turquoise crown so I th I think I had pretty like a good outlook on it um by the, in the period I 
dude honestly like the first like nine ten months i lived in portland i feel like i i was just like drinking constantly it was just like not a good place to be if you no no potential alcoholic (laughs) no and that's the thing is like i'm not i wasn't even the type to go to bars and stuff i just drank alone like would just buy a case of beer every day and just drink and make beats and was buying records and was doing that but it's expensive too to do that very expensive um dude i don't i mean i was just kind of barely hanging on um for a while for Mm. real it was bad like i was just really scared and so anxious all the time you know that kind of stuff um so once getting through that like pretty much as soon as i quit drinking like right it was really right when the the pandemic like the the shutdown started happening i wanted to say that too because pretty much in my mind i'm picturing you like getting into music then getting into like you know having to balance yourself too as a person and like our good habits or bad habits you move to portland you kind of like you know face like you know that tough decision of like i gotta fix my shit a little bit man i'm not happy with where i'm at i want to have more control of myself because i know that like i mean i did that in this very apartment straight up years ago and um you do that and then the pandemic hits it's almost like you saved yourself bro like can you imagine like being oh, yeah. in deep and I, I like to stay in the present timeline for sure but like the fact that like you you kind of like, like i gotta take my shit seriously and then that lockdown happened like that's huge bro like you know yeah drinking during the pandemic would have been horrible for me and there were i mean there were a couple things that really motivated me to stop it was Mm. uh for one like i could feel the toll on my physical health like it become so bad like i felt so sick and and like shitty all the time like i was like i can't fucking take this anymore and the other thing is that i needed to get back uh on track so i could get enrolled again in nursing school and now i'm in my senior year at nursing school so fucking go jimmy ozog jimmy ozog the nurse so like i had to you know there are more important things in life than getting loaded and part of those are like to me anyway like trying to like do good in the world and like have a sense of purpose music is my hobby but like i need to do things out um you know I don't know. There's other work to be done out there. So that's how I feel about nursing. I know. I know exactly what you mean, man. There's like a bigger, uh, there's a cool Japanese concept, I think called like Ikigai, which is like the balance of living. And I think it's like profession, vocation. Oh, it's pretty much like, I can't explain it, but there's, it was almost like there's like four sectors. It's like something like you can be paid for, something you like to do, something that like the world needs and like something you're good at. Yes, I've seen this. Yeah, I think you like, shared it with me. Yeah, they all like interject and I've, I've always kind of think that shit. Like I personally like, I love Rhyme Beat Radio because I get to do a radio shit, but like I personally volunteer at WMPG. Like I just love going there and like trying to like connect my shit to them and be like, yo, like y'all have a lot of pull and a lot of fucking state funding tap me into that <laughs> right, bring me and like in. like let's actually like do community oriented shit let's get like a backpack drive for kennedy park we don't need to like you know do some concert for students on campus i hate to say this kind of shit but it's like if you really care about community don't fucking just like make the people who have everything like happy all the time shift some resources shift some of the uh, attention shift some of the energy and like conversations and allow people whose voices are like in these communities to speak for them and don't have people who don't have any side of the community say what they're thinking and i i do think like slowly really getting into a place where people get that more and more it's still hard though even the most open open-minded place in portland still a bunch of dumbass closed-minded motherfuckers out here bro yeah i believe uh i mean every everything moves so slow throughout history right it really does progress like, is slow progress and is it slow. repeats itself too history repeats itself it does man i mean it feels like we're stuck 50 years ago with some things in the world we're living in so very true if i um, may but though. that's what motivates me to 
to get out like you know the world is messed up why are so many people willing to sit around and let it be like that i have to go out and do something i might not make a difference but i have to try right yeah well it was that great two-part tupac shakur quote where he says i may not be the change in the world but i could be a spark that causes it correct and that's for why sure every fucking and also i just think you have no clue what you're ever gonna do i think back to like what um um dj cool herc and coke Rock did it at uh on sedgwick avenue in the bronx in the mid 70s early 70s they were just motherfuckers a couple of fly motherfuckers who were musically talented trying to make a party if they didn't do that party we wouldn't be here right now my friend I know. So the impact of um, the moment can never be understated. The impact of art and creation can never be understated. Speaking of arts, Are You Afraid of the Arts comes out in 2020. <clears throat> and in my opinion, I feel like that project was a culmination of your growth throughout the preciding decade. From a sequencing standpoint, like in an arranging standpoint, no doubt. But I think from a music standpoint especially, the music... I wrote this down. It's it's lush. It's full. There's an evident life to the music that I think carries the project um, from first, second to last. So when you look back at this one, um, what do you think about this project? I mean, you mentioned like you've kind of maybe entered it in not the best state, but maybe put it out in a, in a much healthier place. I did. You know, despite all of the bad things that might have been going on in my life at that point, I felt like I was getting better at music. I still had direction. The way that that album kind of happened, it was just, you know, it's so fucking long. It's too fucking long. But, like, the reason <laughs> it has so many tracks is because I had just um, become more productive again by 2017, 2018, where I was starting to make more and more beats that were um, trying to branch out further from just, like, boom bap and hip hop, keep, keep developing a, a different sound tapping into other styles of music I had heard over the, you know, the years since I had started making beats. Mm. Um, when I started making beats, for instance, like I had never heard stuff like Vaporwave and like people taking like super slowed down, like 80s samples and like making trippy music. And I was like kind of trying to do my own thing with that when I started making beats, but I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around it back then. So it mm. took it took like developing my skill and making more conventional beats to be able to do less conventional stuff too. Yeah. Um, not that I think my music is that unconventional, but... Well, I, know, I know what you kind of mean. It's like you got to figure out how to build the shit so you can figure out how to take it apart. Right, for sure. It's all like building up and then disassembly and yeah. stuff. That's awesome, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so the reason that those tracks, you know, are all over the place in genre and in instrumentation and style is just like I was just starting. I just would have an idea with one sample that I was like, I've been meaning to work with this for a while. Let's go with it. And it was just mm. many different types of beats. And then it felt like I was able to put them in an arrangement that um, carried the mood for the listener in yeah. a way that went along with those. I like it. I mean, I, yeah. I do. I do think that's like... Um a cool like you know rebirth as you as a producer in a sense you know really set forth i think like this project that i want to talk about now but before we do that um are you afraid of the arts does have a cassette tape release on your band camp right now is that's it, right correct so go support that's still uh, available grand vizier 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 grand vizier and um thanks benny yeah i try man i try man i'm trying grand vizier uh tape on Bandcamp because we got to talk about the new album now, yo. We've talked about how we got here. We talked about Bangor. We talked about, you know, personal growth. We talked about all this important shit. 
But I'm wicked pumped to dig into this new album. Um, Jimmy Ozog, Grand Vizier. This new album's pretty, uh, pretty fucking wild, yo. Upon my first listen, I was taken aback at how much time and depth it appeared you put into this. Obviously, like an assortment of synths, keyboards, samplers, beat machines. Shout out the MPC 4000, still kicking. Live instruments, production elements. There's a lot going on on this one. First off, what was your mindset like going into this project? You haven't dropped an album, you know, with 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 Are You Afraid of the Arts? You hadn't dropped one maybe well, almost a decade. Yeah. You backdrop another one, what, less than two years? Yeah. What's your mindset like for this project? Because, like, after getting Are You Afraid of the Arts out, it was like, it's like getting that initial big full-length release out, and you're like, that's done. Like, whatever that was is what it was, and now I'm just going to keep, I don't know, let's branch out. Let's, let's pick something else and run with it. Um, I'd had the idea for a while to do, like, at the time, it was just probably going to be like a short beat tape or an EP of like tracks from like James Bond records or something like that. I had started buying those soundtracks. You know, I'm a big vinyl junkie, have a collection I need to like cull at this point. So um, once I was starting to work with those, had gotten a couple beat ideas flowing. I think um, I think Spill the Beans was the first beat that started getting made I on that. I fucking love that one. Thanks, man. And that's like my my take on the classic like 95 era boom bap style. Um, I liked where that beat was going a lot. And I was like, this is good enough that if I keep polishing it, it would be album worthy. So kind of going off of that, I started buying up every soundtrack I could find of like James Bond movies, spy-themed movies. There's, like, a million of them in the 60s and early 70s and, like, the Cold War era stuff. Yeah. TV shows. Um, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. So, I started buying those up and uh, just getting my hands on anything like that. And... Um, yeah, so once I started running with that, it just started kind of clicking. And it was last summer, I would say, that I was, like, starting really? to make a couple more of the beats I made. Uh, the the Here's Hoping I Don't Get Caught beat Second got started one, right? going. Yeah, so you, so and I was really feeling that. So I was like, I'm going to get an album going with like, this. Definitely, um, even before this like conversation, I could feel that sampling was a major, you know, cloth on this uh quilt so to speak and it sounds like i mean you just must have been diving deep like yeah you were just walking all the local spots and digging through the crates looking for soundtracks popping yeah i gotta say um shout out moody lords because that spot you no know yeah shout out andy wolfpack <clears throat> um got some great soundtrack records from there andy wolfpack isn't no wolfpack you i did i did I say his name wrong? No, no. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually sure. I know of a DJ named like. Is it? Is it Wolfpack? What is it? Okay. Um. He also goes by Golden Coldies. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Shout out. Yeah. So I, you I, know I, him. I believe I saw it. Man, your brain gets so scrambled in this fucking. Post, like, <laughs> I know. Me too. I feel bad yeah. if I got like one of his names wrong. I think I saw a, Golden Coldies. Is it DJ Lone Wolfpack or something like that? That I, sounds I, I right, apologies but... if you're watching, homie, and I mispronounce it, but I'm saying this because I'm pretty sure I saw a DJ set at Moonshake, and I fucked with it, and I was like, this is dope, and then I followed the cat afterwards. That sounds like it would yeah. be him. And was it like any kind of like uh, reggae dub, I don't know, deep 
I think I smoked like a half dozen joints to the dome that night. I'm That's trying to remember. <laughs> I remember there was like a lot of um, like sample based shit that I just was like, oh, it's just cool. Like it sounds like 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 authentic record. He he's shit. one of those guys who just knows a lot of music for sure. Yeah. He's a big record collector. Does he produce too? He does. I think he I saw makes him some pretty great beats. I'm gonna have to get him on the cast eventually too, man. You should another one. You should. That's tremendous. So it sounds like you know you're hitting up Moody Lords. You're using I was the, hitting up Moody Lords and Strange spots. Main. Strange Main is my other favorite record store. Yeah, in Portland. I know where that is too. That's yeah. like pretty much up That's the right street. That's right there. That's yeah. right the same vicinity. Yeah. And <laughs> I just bought every single you know record of that kind. Oh, every single cover version of the song Goldfinger from James Bond's the Goldfinger, film of the yeah. same name. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So I snapped that up, kept digging, and. That was like the basis for a lot of those beats. Did you kind of have like a story in mind of how you wanted to structure it? Because it definitely kind of flows cinematically. Like the sounds definitely, it, it's not like, oh, like you have the five, like, you know, 90s throwback songs together. There's definitely a sequencing to it. And I think sequencing is yeah. goes hand in hand with your fucking artistry right now. I appreciate that because I think album sequencing is one of the most important things that makes an album compelling. And Me too. I don't know. I can't just tell you exactly what it is because i'll make a beat that i'm interested in making and then i'll intuitively know where in the album it's supposed to go yeah, and i don't really feeling. know you just know by feel yeah, and you just know exactly, exactly how it's mean. supposed to go it's those unspoken rules of like being you know an artist like on the last album like the the beat tape i just put out i'm like i could almost just like hear like this song has to go after this one yeah i don't even know like what the blocks are going to be like in terms of how they flow but i know that, like these songs got to go together these songs got to go together um it, I, it has such a powerful effect when you're listening to an album and it like hits at that certain point i was just listening to um was it super dupa fly wait no it was the second missy elliott album um, I can't remember what it's called right now. Oh, I feel like a fuck. That's maybe my favorite Missy album too, and I feel it's horrendous. the one that has Hot Boys on it, and like Hot. Well, Bo- the one that has Super Dupe on it, and um, or the Rain, I guess. Excuse me. I don't know. It has Hot Boys and, on uh, it, and that's like the sixth track on the album. And it's like one of, when you're listening to that album, and like that song hits, it's like fuck. You know, which one beat. isn't the Brat on that too? Saka to me, Saka to me on that album. She probably yeah, the brat was featured on a lot of. That is that stuff. super duper? F- I, I super, have to- okay, I want to say super duper fly is the debut, and then I cannot remember what the second album is called, and that's the one I'm talking. I about. I think you're right, actually. I think I think the <laughs> super duper fly is the first one, or whatever the one where she's like on the cover like with posed, the shades it's on. It's got kind of like a red curtain or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah or yeah. like it's. I was thinking like like a, like a Auburn cover. What does it matter? Is the second one where she has the black trash bag? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking I this think? up. I think Missy Elliott personally. Like, it's got probably like lightning bolts in the background or something. Okay. It's very Timbaland. She, I think she's because it's very Timbaland like style. top ten energy for sure. In my oh opinion. yeah, like Missy Elliott Missy is Elliott. disgusting on the mic, it's and crazy. she has been forever, and she's made some of the hardest shit ever, and she's from uh, Virginia just like you. That's right. Um, we're gonna get a lot it of heat right comes now. from Virginia. Uh, incredible, incredible. Super Duper Fly is the debut. We're both right about that with like the red curtain. You're right; it is more red. And then the real world is the next one. That's the one that has yeah, that's the one. I'm the thinking um, of. the lightning bolt. I was I was. What's the What's the one you were thinking? I of? was. I guess it's not a trash bag, but it's like a black um <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm like thinking of like leather. the super duper fucking video, the rain video. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, always yeah. where my brain goes when I think of Missy. I can't front. That was like my first <laughs> introduction to her. Um, 
fuck, man. You you get me off topic, Jimmy. We I know we even get to Missy. <laughs> well, you were listening to that album and the importance oh, because of it's sequencing. Like when, when a certain song drops at a certain point in the album, it can hit you really hard, harder than it would as a single, harder than it would out of sequence. Yeah, I sp- like I, sp- I mean, the flow of I personally think like the first five to six songs on an album, if you can't grab grasp the attention of the listener there, it's tough to get it after that. Yeah. And then I think for me, I'm a big ending of the project person um and i think like the way you end the project really kind of like states everything about the project almost like like, if it's a dope project and the last three songs are but i'm probably just going to put those songs on a playlist that i like and never go back to the album it turns it out yeah it would turn like a really good album into something mediocre um i want to say a couple things about the project but i got some kind of like quick questions because we got to kind of wrap it up here soonish um what came easy on the project uh none of it but i mean let's see in terms like songs that were shorter to create no, things like, that were intuitive in terms of just like creative energy like maybe just like yeah. was it easy for you to be like i want to go find records to sample today like i'm trying to think of like what, what what just came like like in any part of the process excuse me like what just came natural came natural I well, felt... I'll, I'll say this too actually not to interrupt the next question is any difficulties so there could just sure. be all difficulties well, it, it wasn't all difficulties, but it was just kind of keeping myself going where like over the last year, starting from last summer when I started putting work in, then over this, you know, from like September till early summer of this year, I had a lot of shit going on with school. And then um, my dad got sick at the beginning of this year. So I didn't do mm. a lot of work on it for that period. So I would say last summer and this summer is where I was grinding on it. Um I just kept putting one foot in front of the other where every day I was like, I need to listen through three or four random records today to click with some samples because I usually need to listen through records multiple times to hear the same samples or the ones that I'm like, I'm really ready to work with this. Um, So I did that a bunch. And then once I would get into it, once I would start ripping the samples I wanted, I would like go into like a frenzy and work on a beat for like a couple days straight and oh, get yeah. a lot of it done. So kind of once you like get the, the it all like structured almost, then it's just like I'm diving in and I'm in flow state. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I would say some beats were quicker than others for sure. Um, like my old life was pretty quick. I actually just made and finished that probably in a week and a half, two weeks in June, I'd say. And I hadn't, I had just found the sample or come back to the sample that month and it became album worthy which wasn't the case for a lot of the tracks i worked on for longer Mm. um so stuff that would be more difficult i mean dude doing those tracks like to have what it takes it's an eight minute long song so of course it's gonna be work that sounds like a fuck man that sounds like a gauntlet bro and they got all flow together too and had the right like movie sample at the right time you know, and have it work for the story. That feels maybe like one of the more important songs in the project. It was. It was like it wasn't even supposed to be that long, but it's one of those things that once you start building something, you don't really know where it's going to end. And your shit progresses. It's not even just like it's a like, you know, a loop for the same like 4 minutes cuz like there's some cats who put out like really dope beats, but I'm like, bro, this is really good, but like it's a just it's a, it's a really yeah. incredible loop for 5 minutes. You will have like some random string or some random bass line or some random like vocal sample paired with like keys or something like hit like three minutes into a five minute song i'm like oh like i was in the car hi i mean i was in the car today uh and i was just like oh shit like 
Jimmy's like throwing like a fucking a vocal flip like at the last like 30 seconds of the song. This is nasty. Like, I remember there's times I was like, you keep me fucking surprised. And I think that's very rewarding as a listener. I do want to keep the listener surprised. I would rather more than anything else. I don't want to fail the listener. I don't want to be boring. I don't want someone to just be like, this is boring or like, you know, or I don't know if your music isn't really, really good. At least be interesting or try be to be unique. interesting. Yeah. Try to be unique and be yourself. And you have to be yourself. Yeah, bring something different to the table, but make sure it's genuine. Yeah, it has to be genuine. I got to ask too, who did the artwork? Did you do that? I designed, I came up with the idea for the artwork, which, as you know, is based on the cover of the soundtrack of the Goldfinger movie. Yeah, it looks just like like a yeah. legit, like an S, but it kind of has like some more modern elements it's too. It's got some yeah. tweaks, but so that, that the whole concept for the montage, I designed it, designed the initial sketches, but all of it was made by this dude named Scholastico. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Scholastico. He's based, I believe, in Indonesia. Sweet. And I found him through, through a website and not, fi- um, not fiber it was fiber i, I the benny's i wasn't gonna drop fiber. any <laughs> but yeah five five thanks fiber, for fiber, fiber i did I find from, well because i didn't know what to do because i was like where am i gonna find someone who can make a, a crazy montage in the style that i'm dreaming yeah, and up and articulate it like in an in a easy way yeah who can do that and um so yeah i found this guy and like he immediately got back to me and was like this looks cool let's do this and it was amazing. Like he, 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 that was like the cherry on top was to make that cover look cool. It's yeah. an incredible cover. Thanks. Um, I think you should be proud of the project. I want to um, get to some rapid fire questions and kind of unwind for sure. But before we get to that, I just you know as a as a journalist as like a reviewer, I want to say a few things in the LP if I may uh, before we move on, because the thing I really appreciated about it was there's such an array of genre on this one. I I kind of wrote this down, so I'm just gonna read it. There's some. Like, from the gate, there's just some raw, dusty, like, nostalgic hip-hop elements. You've tracks like Guns, Peter, My Old Life, and Spill the Beans, for instance. Um, but then there's other tracks that almost more felt like the movie score from, like, a plethora of, like, 70s films. You know, like, America Invertida, The Man, or Here's Hoping I Don't Get Caught are good examples of, like, I could see this in, like, the background of, like, like maybe a black exploitation film from the seventies, maybe like you know, uh, even like an Italian, like crime movie from the seventies, or maybe even like just like an English Bond thriller. Like it, it was really all over the place in that regard. And then what I really fucking thought was a, a really cool twist too is there's almost like if I can say it like some like eighties inspired Miami Vice like synth like type shit on there, like uh, license renewed and to have what it takes come to mind. And I'm like, dude, I feel like like. There's scenes where it's like a badass, like, you know, espionage thriller type spy with like his lover on a balcony overlooking like a winery and then pivot. And it's like a shootout in like a car chase scene in like some city street in the 70s in New York. Pivot. And then like you're down in Miami and there's like a bunch of dudes on fucking (laughs) like speedboats like trying to flip coke and evade the police and i'm just like man i just really respect the array of music you crafted and sequence on this album like heavy i think it's a bold release with a lengthy story and it just pays off man i think this is kind of how i really describe it timeless music coupled with fantastic presentation makes the album a truly entertaining and fulfilling experience for the listener the whole way through and i don't usually like read shit on this i'm usually like more stood in mind but i I was like i really want to read how i feel about that because i really do think man like 
you put a fuck ton of work into this thing. So this is me saying, good job, bro. Like, here's your flowers. Like, I'm a pretty deep music fan, and I think you did a dope-ass job on that shit. So, Dude, thank you so yeah, much. Rant Dude, over. <laughs> to hear that from you means a lot, because you're one of those people who listens to an incredible amount of music, like... And and it and it takes that to be able to appreciate you know Thank certain you. music at a certain point in time. Um, I tried to capture all of those moods that you talked about, and like I want, um, I want people to feel high when they listen to music. I want you to yeah. be thrilled, or I want, yeah. I want people to feel you know, um, any of those extremes. And it is, I do want it to be like watching a movie. It so, felt like yeah. it's very cinematic. That's a great word for it. Yeah, it's so very I, cinematic. I appreciate that you felt that. I mean, thank you, man. Um, we don't have much time left on the camera, so I want to make sure we can keep going. But yeah, again, sure. um, I gotta find it. Lies, <laughs> spies, and private eyes, man. Out now on Bandcamp. Go run it up for the Grand Vizier. Um, it's just dope to have shit like that out in the scene. Like I've never heard. I can honestly say I've never heard a tape like that in my time in the main scene. And I think that's one of the perks of a small, growing scene. You know, is that we have more space to shock people. Like, I ain't heard something like that before. Like, fuck, like, you hear what Jimmy Ozone just put out? Like, I was texting one panel. I was like, bro, like, you got to tap into that shit. Like, Dude. just something like that. Like, that's why I really, that's why I wanted to have you on. Um, but, I, again, I like to be journalistic. I'm not just here to prove my fucking opinion or, or input <laughs> well, my opinion. Well, your opinion's worth something. But yeah, thank thanks. You, <laughs> thank you, man. Um, let's get to the rapid fire. You ready? Let's go. Grand Vizier. Okay. Favorite animal. The Orca. Album that inspires you. Mob Deep's The Infamous. Instrument or piece of gear you still want to acquire? You can just pick one. I know you probably got 50. Um, New England Digital Synclavier. What's that? Probably like the craziest synth sampler system ever made it's in the early 80s. Oh. It cost like 100 grand. I wonder if that's what... You ever, you ever heard of William Onyebor? No. He was an incredible artist. He was like in an, a warehouse in Nigeria with like all these synths from I think Russia or some shit. Okay. I'm going to tap you into it. I got, I got some things for this you. This is like what they used to make movie soundtracks in the 80s and shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, have, you have my attention. Okay. Fully. Favorite meal to cook? Um, Grilled cheese sandwiches. Favorite meal to order out? Pizza. I was that's what I was gonna say too. I was like, I can't cook pizza. <laughs> it's so hard, well, but I, yeah, you have to order I, out pizza. I, I, you really cannot make that at home. I guess you can. I think. Well, I, I would can. say you can, but you just need to have a station where you can properly flour the dough. Mm-hmm. You got to have an oven that's gonna get hot enough. You need high quality dough. High, that's the biggest thing. Get like high quality dough. Don't get that fake pizza. And crust it needs bullshit. to be at like the right temperature and stuff. Right temp, like uh, like the right toss. Yeah, Fuck yeah, them. yeah, we're, yeah. We're not getting it's into so this. So hard. <laughs> Two hundred seven producer, you want to shout out. I would like to shout out Bruv because he has been a supporter of mine for a long time and yeah. I know that he's been genuine and that means a lot. Tremendous. It's a great it's a great answer. Last TV show you fucked with. Um I recently finished Better Call Saul. Dude. There's I... there is a sample of that on the album. I don't know if you caught I didn't, it. I didn't catch it. Fuck. I gotta go back and listen to it. You have to, to go it. back. You'll know it when you hear yeah, it. Yeah, I probably... 
we'll talk off camera. But like that, <laughs> okay, last, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. last season, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, I was crazy. Very, I was very impressed with Good that stuff. I, I haven't that. been that enamored by live television in a grip. So I know, right? Very, very. How many shows like that have you seen in a while? You know, not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. Better Call Saul was really well written. Again, good. rewarding for the like the viewer type shit. It is. Like you watch the whole thing and you're like, wow, that was a lot. But like, I'm very glad I watched that. Yeah, you wanted to have some payoff. <laughs> advice you give your younger self um be confident be yourself uh don't be afraid to do whatever you want and don't be afraid of what other people will think of you for that do you fuck them you got to create the score for a reboot of a kid's show from our youth what show are you picking to score oh shit i i, I got one but i, I want to hear what you're gonna say a kid show from our youth. Uh, okay, Yu-Gi-Oh. I didn't... I was going a different direction. I now need the Grand Vizier cut of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, you know how they... Well, like, <laughs> people do flips? Yeah, yeah, You gotta yeah. do Yu-Gi-Oh flips. Oh, man. I, don't, I haven't even listened... I haven't seen that show in 20 years, so... Hey, man, it's better. No better time it was, than now. It was so cool. Though. I was gonna say Doug. I could see you doing some wild shit for Doug. Because Doug already had a pretty hard... Doug is... Some, some good bass lines. It did, and it's a kind of a weird show anyway. Very, very like it's I got feel like green and blue people in it. Yeah, it's all over the place. I, mean, I feel like there's a lot of creative uh, flexibility. Mm. Um, actually, that's it. You survived the rapid fire, dude. I did it. I'll just do one off top. Okay. What's your third favorite color? Probably green. Cool, cool. I just like to see how people answer questions, and you have a good uh, way of answering. You, know, like you process and you say it quick. You're not like, oh, it could be green, it could be blue. It could be... No, you just go right forward, Jimmy. Well, it's rapid fire. You have to pick something. Hey, not everyone adheres to the rules. Let's commence the descent of this tremendous interview. I touched upon it. Would you ever score a film? Do you have interest in that? I have for a long time, but knowing the work that would go into it just from doing an album like this, it just tells me, like, I don't know if I'll ever, ever have room in my life to do something like that. Yeah. Um, or it would take, like, you know, over years collaborating with people who were doing a movie or something, potentially. But, Hell yeah. you know, I think I, I think I could do it someday. I'm going to tap you in if I have need some shit for a short film. I would be. I got, I got hella things we can talk about after this. I would this. be interested in that. <laughs> um, new album out now. What's the best way fans can support the project? So at this time, unfortunately, the only streaming access to it is through Bandcamp. I am planning on making it available through SoundCloud pretty soon. And I got to say, I don't know whether it'll end up on Spotify anytime soon. I'm not really feeling the, the distribution elements of that. So um, you may have to just rely on Bandcamp or SoundCloud for now. Um, but they are free to download. It's uh, a free download, free streaming. So I mean, go, anytime go, you Is please, it a name your price, though? It's a name your price. Yeah, go throw five, just go throw five on it. You go buy fucking some pastry or some shit. Go buy, just don't buy the pastry. Do ten push-ups and buy the fucking Grand Vizier tape. That's right. You should do the ten push-ups. You lazy, <laughs> you lazy uh, something. You lazy sack of shit. Yeah, hey, just kidding. It's a, it's a no. Sp it's okay. You spread can eat love, your pastries. You sack of shit. I don't care. <laughs> All right, yo. Any All other right. way, motherfuckers can support you. What's like, what's, what helps you out? Um, just, you know, like you want to follow me. My Instagram is grand double underscore vizier. Show me love. Just tell me if you like my music, you know, and I just love talking about music with people. I love, um, talking about, I can talk about my instruments for hours. I can talk about my influences and like, you know, stuff like music from video games from hours. So like, yeah. I, I, someone could show me love like that, but just as a fan, just listen to the tape. Let me know what you think tremendous 
Well, this has been a very good interview. I'm not going to lie. I feel like we covered a lot of ground from your artistry and then potentially how you really started to evolve as an artist once you started to really try and take control of yourself as a person, as an independent entity. And I can relate to that theme heavily. I think I mean, most people can. Once you start to figure your shit out, the shit you're supposed to do comes more naturally to you. And I think I'm going to try and remember it off top. Lies, spies, and private eyes is in a culmination of that, or culmination of that, excuse me. And um, it was cool having you here and hearing about um, all the wild and in-depth work you put in. So I appreciate you being here. Unless you got any final plugs, I got one more question for you. What's that? Where will Grand Vizier, where will Jimmy Ozog be one year from now? Uh, one year from now, I uh, hope hopefully I'll be a practicing nurse. So that's one thing. But Tremendous. In the world of music, I would keep an eye out for an EP I'm developing featuring samples from a famous Canadian songwriter. Celine Dion? No. Um, I would also keep an eye out for early announcements for um, a new age electronic album to be dated. But, you know, yeah, a year from now, man, I don't know. I don't know. There won't be another release if that's what you're wondering. No, just just but I like to kind of just be like a year's going to come regardless. I think That's right. Right. So where do you want to be? That's kind of be making more music and I want to be taking my time. I don't want to feel the pressure to to finish this album was like brutal and like crushing. And I Mm. spent hundreds of hours on it this summer and I didn't really do anything else. Mm. And like, I just, um, you know, I, I lost weight during making this album. I didn't eat enough. I like didn't take good care of myself. I don't want to do that again to make (laughs) an album. I feel you. So I'm going to keep that in mind and like, again, take my time, develop things and take better care of myself a year from now. I'll every day is taking better care of myself like I do every day. Just try try and do a little a little bit every day. Man. Yeah, that's really it. Absolutely. Don't beat yourself up. No, that's the easiest thing to say. One of the hardest things no, to do. Stay true and love yourself. Tremendous. Grand Vizier Jimmy Ozog. Thanks for coming. Everyone at home. Thanks for listening. Shout out Soto on the instrumental. Shout out uh, you for just being you. And we'll see you next time. Much love. Peace. Shout out to Grand Vizier for coming through Benny's crib. Shout out Jimmy Ozog. I'm telling you, lies, spies, and private eyes. Music to investigate to. Shit's on Bandcamp. Go run it up. Speaking of uh, running it up, go run it up at Yardy Thing, all right? I had an amazing lunch from there this past Monday. Set my whole week straight, all right? This is uh, Benny P. I'll see you next time. Much love. Thank you. And peace. Rhyme beat.